Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to jump in, but before I do, I want to make sure it's, this is our value at our church, that we're all on the same page and have a little bit of context for what we're reading. Who is the author? Who is the audience? What's going on before we jump in the scriptures? Paul is a guy in the Bible that was so good at building church. He was just really gifted. To, he built churches in all kinds of cities. And he's writing a letter to a church in a city called Ephesus. So he's writing to this church and he has just written. In fact, most of the book of Ephesians has to do with what the church looks like and what the church should be. He gets to the end of his letter, which we always know the end of the letter is the most important thing. And at the end of his letter, he starts talking about a battle that they are in, which is a battle that we are in. Starts talking about these forces from the outside. The, I know it sounds very Star Wars, Star Trek, Star whatever, but it's real. And he starts talking about these. Let me just read to you exactly how he ends this letter. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle... It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand... Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of Nike. And it, I'm seeing if you're listening. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now what Paul is describing is, hey guys, I know you love Jesus and I know you want to be in church, but just a heads up, there's a real devil, there's a real battle, there's a real enemy, and there's a real force. He's saying just a heads up. I want to make sure you know God is not going to put you in a battle that you can't win or that he didn't already win. He's saying, listen, understand this. There might be, I started reading this this week and I was like, dang, I forgot how evil some of this sounds. Principalities and rulers of darkness and all these, I was like, dang, it sounds like the New England Patriots. Jesus. And he's painting this picture. He goes, but the only way you can win is by putting on the armor of God. Now, this armor has been provided by your God. It's not something you earn. It's not something that once you get to be a certain amount of tithe dollars, certain amount of memorization of Scripture. No, it's just God gives you this armor. You are fit for the fight. He is also saying that literally in Jesus, you can have the victory because the victory belongs to God. Our whole church was birthed off of a verse out of John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10 says the evil one, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life 
and have it more abundantly. The Greek word for that, more abundantly, is zoe. People come up to me all the time, like, what's your church? Is it zoe? Is it zoe? It's like your mom. It's called zoe, okay? Cafe, Beyonce, Kanye, hey, what? Get at me if you see me in John 10, 10. Chad, you're white, stop. Okay, so the evil one, the devil, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm here to just give you a heads up of what you probably already know. There is a real Satan. There is a real serpent. His name is the devil. And by definition, he is your adversary. He is your accuser. He is, by definition, a hater. And what are haters do? Haters going to hate. So he has come to dupe you, deceive you, maim you, and claim you. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to, he wants to destroy your health. He wants to hurt you in every way possible. But my Bible says, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. So I don't have to be afraid of somebody that's already been defeated. My Bible said Satan was cast from heaven, used to be the worship leader in heaven, used to lead all of the choir, got cast down because he wanted the praise to go to himself and not to God. That's narcissism. He gets cast down so we can overcome this defeated enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. God wants you to be fit for your fight. You've got to, the reality is, I don't know how to tell you this any other way. You are in a fight, you are in a battle, and you've got to engage with the proper armor to, to rage war and move ahead. We cannot act like it won't happen. We can't act like it doesn't exist. No, the devil wants to take you out. You might be like, dude, I came to hear good news. Good news. God's giving you the armor. God's giving you the victory. But you can't have the victory without pleading and declaring the blood of Jesus. So God has given you, he has given you the armor that you need. Therefore, to stand against the scheme and the strategy, you, some of you need to know you have been marked by hell. The devil wants to take you out. Why does he want to take you out? Because there's nothing about the enemy that is happy that you're free, you're called, you've got the grace of God, you're now the righteousness of God, you are happy, you are healed, you're delivered. There is nothing about the devil that makes him happy about that. He wants you to go back to bondage, back to depression, back to anxiety, back to fear, but God wants to loose you and free you so you can be in your God-given potential. Oh, I wish somebody would clap like you know what the fight looks like. I wish you would clap like you know the victory belongs to you through the power of the Son of Man. We're not hoping to get the victory. We have the victory. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The devil is already defeated, so he can throw the kitchen sink, but it's not going to sway us. It's not going to make us back down. It's not going to make us run, run away. No, we're going to keep moving forward into the call of God, into the future he's planned, into the destiny and the dream that he's planned over your life. You are fit for your fight. I want to preach a message, and we're going to kind of go in a different order to put on the armor of God at our church together so we can move forward in the battle for our futures. Write down the first week, and you can write down the title. It's called Messing With My Mind. Because I believe that you walking into your potential has everything to do with the power of your thinking. 
and what the devil's trying to fight for is what God's trying to fight for. They're both trying to fight for your mind. And whoever wins that battlefield will win your future. And God wants to give you the ability to think right. The devil wants to mess with your mindset and mess with your thinking, but God wants to elevate your thinking to give you the ability to have truth. So the first thing we're going to put on is the helmet of salvation. Let's pray together and believe that God will come and encourage us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are kind and loving and good and gracious. We receive the truth of what you say about us. We receive the reality of you at work in our life. Thank you that you have given us the provision of the armor of God that we can stand against the schemes and the strategies of hell. We push back those gates and we declare truth and the promises of God. We thank you that you're awesome and amazing. And Lord, as a church together, we are thanking you in advance that next year the Lakers will be fit for the fight. Lord, we know this year we ain't fit, but next year we believe in faith. You're going to help us win the war in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, let's clap together, Zoe. Come on, get some faith. We got to start praying for next year. This year we gone. Next year in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm going to jump in. Write down number one. The battle is real. You know how they say in culture, the struggle is real? Just a heads up, the battle is real. This is not a test. I, you ever be in a hotel and they test on the alarm, like the fire code? And I'm the type of guy that I will stay in the room till you come knock and be like, you got to go downstairs. I'm not going to hear the alarm like, oh, let's just see if it's a test and go downstairs three flat. No, I want to know if it's, if it's real, I'll go. If it's a test, I'm staying. This is not a test. You are in a battle. And it is a real devil. It is a real strategy. It is a real scheme. And it is a real attack. And the evil forces, the powers, the principalities, the rulers of darkness, they are trying to take you out. And I'm just giving you a forewarning. It's like an offensive coordinator in football and a defensive coordinator. They are scheming. Okay, we're going to send this receiver here and the tight end out there. And the, and the running back's going to do this. And the, it's, and the, and the defense, they're going to, they're going to, once you say hike, they're in this formation. But they, they, they hit it. They're actually in this other formation. There is a scheme and a strategy that comes from the wicked one to try and maim you and hurt you and take you out. But I want to tell you that even though this battle is real, God is real. He is a greater reality. He is a greater force. He is a greater help. He is bigger and greater than the devil himself. I love the scripture, man. So I was like, I was like, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? We've got the victory. So evil can try and be, it can be as crazy as you want, but Jesus is better. That's why I love one of, one of the ladies that rolled, one of Jesus' roll dogs was this lady named Mary. And Mary, the Bible says Mary of Magdalene, she was delivered of seven demons. So demonic forces had a hold of her life. She was a slave to evil and slave to evil authorities. But when Jesus encountered her life, she got set free in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is stronger than evil. Jesus is stronger than any darkness and any force. When Jesus shows up, darkness has to flee. 
There's another story of a guy named Legion, and Legion was filled with all kinds of demons. And when Jesus encountered him, he set him free and sent all those demons into some pigs because Jesus has the power. He has the authority. So you might be in a battle, but you need to know who you belong to. And if you know whose you are, you know who you are. So Satan can throw everything he wants to, but it doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me afraid. That would be like being afraid of somebody that already lost. Could you imagine going into some war and they already are defeated? They're already down. They're are, and like they're trying to talk trash. <laughs> Say what? I love people that talk trash, but only if you can back it up. <laughs> Satan is a liar. So he boasts big and talks big and promises big and can't back it up. I was in the gym the other day. Don't judge me. I seen, I seen a dude over here. I said, I was in the gym the other day. He went like this. Evil force. I was in the gym the other day, and, and, and we were in the, in the locker room changing, and the guy came in with his headphones with his Bluetooth, and he's talking all big and talking all loud. And, and I, was, I was just looking around like, bro, you know you're not supposed to be on the phone in here. Like, but he was like, talk, I don't know if because of the Bluetooth, but he's talking so big, and he's talking about what he does and where he goes and who's he hanging with and these girls and all that. And I was just like, I know none of this is true because just the way you talk. You talk big to whoever's on the phone, you's a liar. Because the devil would try and just puff his chest and make it all big and you're bad. I'm going to expose you. You're the worst. It's a lie. He's a liar. So the battle is real, but guess who's realer? Jesus is a greater reality. He is a greater truth, and my God is a promise keeper. My God tells the truth. My God reveals his greatness and his power. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a serpent. He's not a deceiver. He is good. Oh, I love this. Look at this. Ephesians 6, verse, uh, put it up, I think it's 12 and 13. Look at the Passion Translation. I love the way it says. It says, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It is not with people that have a different opinion than you. Your, Your battle is not with the other political party. Some of you are like, oh, no. I'm not tracking anymore. I want it to be my neighbor. I want, so, so we get it all twisted. We're like, oh my gosh, the devil's attacking my home. The devil's attacking my marriage. No, he's not. Homie, you need to take out the trash. That's not a spiritual attack. You're an idiot. Hashtag say that. Hashtag all the ladies said thanks. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. 
but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides. So you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Did you see what the Bible just said? God has provided protection with the armor of God so you can rise to victory. Translation, you're going to keep getting knocked down and beat up by the evil force without the armor of God. You keep trying to tap into your own strength to fight your own battle, to get your own victory. You'll get pummeled time after time again. Some of us keep losing the same battle because you keep wearing the same armor. None. you got to have the armor of God to stand against the wicked one and the strategy of the enemy. Come on, then I will rise to my destiny and I'll rise to my victory. Amen. I don't know what he said, but I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen to that. The reality is, is that you cannot fight your battle without your armor. You cannot go forward without what God has provided. God has provided protection. Are you strapped in the armor of God, protected against the scheme and the strategy, the the fiery arrows that are being thrown at your home and your mind and your family and your business and your city and the devil's trying to attack you and take you out? Do you have some armor that will help you win this battle? Because the battle is real. Write down number two. If you need supernatural strength for a supernatural fight. So in other words, if our wrestle was against flesh and blood, I'll tell you what I would do. I would go to the gym like crazy. I would work out like crazy because it's a natural battle. And I would also go to debate class and learn how to be a debater because it's natural. So I would get fit and I would learn how to debate because it's a natural battle. But since it's a supernatural battle, I need supernatural strength. Some of you keep trying to fight a supernatural battle with natural strength. You'll always lose. You need supernatural strength for a supernatural battle. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, finally put up there, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. On your own, you are weak. On your own, you are defeated. On your own, you just feel like it's overwhelming and too much, and it is. But when you start tapping into God's strength and you start tapping into God confidence, I love L.A. because L.A. is always trying to tap into something. We're trying to tap into creativity, trying to tap in their energy. I love their energy. You need to tap into that. No, you need to tap into some Jesus. And you need to get some Jesus strength for a Jesus battle. Philippians 4.13, what does it say? One of the most famous scriptures in all, all the Bible. What does it say? I can do all this. Other translations, I can do all things through who? Myself, my yoga teacher, Whole Foods. Shoot, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The only way I can overcome is by saying I love Jesus. Jesus is for me. Jesus is greater. I'm going to make it and be okay. Come on, let's just praise God together and thank him. I can do it only through Jesus.
When you don't have Jesus' strength in your own, you're in your own strength, you're fighting your own battle, and that's when you'll turn your battles into flesh battles, and you'll think your battle is about somebody. But anytime something is bigger and greater and it's a greater force, you will need supernatural strength, and that's why you'll go to God and say, God, I need to get strengthened so I can engage this fight. Abraham did that. Abraham was in a circumstance that seemed overwhelming and by the natural eye was beyond his control. But he didn't get weaker. He got stronger. How can you be in a situation that is terrible, that looks bleak and overwhelming, and get stronger in the middle of it? It will only be by faith in God. Romans 4, verse 20. Watch what Abraham did. Put it up there. I love this one. This is, this is my kind of faith right here. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He was, I wonder right now as you, the evil forces are coming against you and these principalities and these powers and these dark rulers and all this Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever, all this kind of, I wonder if you're getting stronger in the midst of your battle. Because some of us feel tired and weak and defeated and depleted. No, no. When I call on Jesus, I got strength. When I call on the name of the Lord, I got supernatural power. Is there anybody in this season of your life with what you're facing? Anybody want to get stronger in the middle of your fight? Anybody want to get a little bit better in the midst of your battle? Come on, just give them a praise right now and just thank God. I'm not rolling over. I'm going forward. In fact, write down number three. God's not calling you. God's calling you forward. There's no armor for your back. I love this about the armor of God. Everything about the armor of God is so that you can march forward to the promise and the call of God. Notice how it does not say we are attackers. Translation, don't you leave this church service and be like, yo, devil's about to get it this week. I'm going to go fight somebody. Like, that's creepy. And if you like that, you find another, no, I'm just kidding. But, but we're not attackers, we're responders. And I have to have the armor of God to move. God never calls you backwards. Jesus never calls you. You know what I need you to do? I need you to go back and, and be 23 again. Dear God, no, I don't want to go back to 23. Some of you are like, I am 23. Is it bad? No, it's not. It's just going to get better. In Jesus' name, it's going to get a lot better. Can I get a witness in the church? <laughs> Anybody over 30 was like, yes. <laughs> God never calls you back. God never calls you to sit. He calls you to stand. God never calls you just to receive. He calls you to serve. That's God's stuff. And the only way that you can move forward is by putting on the armor of God. Otherwise, when the attack or strategy or scheme of the enemy comes against you, you want to turn around and bail. And I don't know if you noticed by the list, God did not make anything to cover your backside. Because as Christians... Back is not an operative word. God never calls you back. He's wooing you forward. He's calling you. Come on, I got destiny. I got future. I've got promises. I've got plans. I can only do that by wearing the armor of God. 
So I got to put on some things so I can, I'm not afraid of some darkness. Please, I serve the light of the world. Evil force. I serve the force of heaven. Oh, oh, oh you a principality. My God owns the whole universe. The universe is the Lord's and all that is within it. I'm not afraid of some punk sellout that got cast down and defeated. Where is your sting and where is your victory? Because my God is above it all. Somebody thank him right now. He's bigger and stronger. What, what the enemy, what the devil is, what the liar, the, the, the serpent, what he's always trying to do is lie to you and get you to believe that, that fear is big and God is small. That's his strategy. To get you all, all, all rattled. Oh, oh no, this, this situation is so big and God is so small. But faith people always say, God is big and my problem is small. God is big and the enemy is defeated. So I've got to have faith to move forward. So I say all that to say, here is the first piece of armor that as a church I want us to put on. And I implore you this week to do this. Please put on. You need to get on the helmet of salvation. In fact, write this down. You need to get your mind right. Put that down. Fourth and final, get your mind right. Get your mind, get your thinking right. There is nothing worse than have your thinking in the gutter. When you got, I call it stinking thinking. When your thinking ain't right, you're thinking bad. You're thinking the wrong thoughts. Has this ever happened to you before? Is that, am I the only person that ever has their mind go bad? And usually my mind gets bad when I'm out of church and out of God, the word of God, and out of the presence of God. And I can tell within one, that's why I need to go to church every week. That's why I need to read the Bible every day. That's why I need some worship music on the background. Because I know how my thinking gets bad just in a few days anybody else. You ever watch somebody drift away from God? God did not drift away from them, but their thinking goes before their body goes. And you got to get your mind right. So what does he say? He says, over your mind and over your brain, over your thinking, I want to put on the helmet of salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is belief in Jesus. So I need the cross, the truth of Jesus, the fact that I am righteous and called, I need that over my thinking, over my mind. I need the helmet of salvation. Now, this is so important because if you don't have a helmet protecting your brain, if you don't have a helmet protecting your mindset, the devil can run in and just give you all kinds of thoughts of discord and fantasy and all kinds of lust and greed and unforgiveness. And I don't know about you, I'm not willing to give my mind over to the devil. I'm not, I'm not willing to let, the, my mind is so sacred, it's got to be so protected. I'm not letting the enemy come in and plant all these seed thoughts of this, of insecurity and jealousy and envy and bitterness. He can't just run up in my mind, anybody else. So I need the helmet. My, my boys, uh, my five-year-old and my three-year-old, will let them go uh, ride their bikes. My five-year-old has a real bike. My three-year-old has a fake bike. And fake because it has no pedals. He he does it with a, he's like a Flintstone. And so the five-year-old, we, you know, we put, put them on the hill and let them go down. And we'll put, they have two different helmets. The five-year-old has a white helmet that's like a proper traditional, he's a structured kid. And so we put the five-year-old, his helmet on. And then the three-year-old, my three-year-old, we call him Mav the Sav. And he, because he's a savage. And he does not know Jesus at all. And so, and so we put his helmet on. His helmet has spikes all the way down the middle. And he just looks like a tear. And when they come down the hill, I, I'll, I can let them just bomb down the hill. 
and be as fast as they want. Because I know if their helmet is on, they're fine. They can fall over and bang their head. But because there's a helmet there, they're protected and it won't damage their brain. What God is saying to you is you need a helmet over your head just in case you fall in life. You have a oops in life that there's nothing that's going to give you brain damage from the promises and precepts and the truth of who God is in your life. You need a helmet. You need a helmet. You need protection over your brain. You need to protect your mind. Your mind is, uh, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Again, what God is trying to fight for is what the devil is trying to fight for. They're both fighting for your mind. And so you got to protect your mind. I got to protect my brain. When I watch TV with my kids and we'll be watching like the, the Lakers lose or something. And it, I felt like preaching today. And so. We'll be watching, it's an NBA game, and all these crazy, like a crazy commercial comes on, or like a trailer for a, a bad movie, and I ah, freak out, and I go, cover their eyes, and I plug their ears, and what am I doing? I'm not covering their eyes, and I'm protecting their mind. Because I don't want to let their mind get messed with. And the devil's trying to mess with your mind. And get your mind all crazy and, and flustered and anxious and, and toxic. And whoo, ain't nothing worse than stinking thinking. Stinking thinking so scary when it comes on you, you'll know it and you'll be afraid to be around anybody. Because you go, my mind is, not, I'm not in the right state of mind. And you need to get your mind right. And the only way you can get your mind right is by putting on the helmet of salvation. Look at, look at this promise here. 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I, I love this scripture so much. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So, in other words, listen, when you start dealing with anxiety and fear, that is not from God. God never tests you or plagues you with fear. In fact, all throughout the scriptures, God's theme is be strong and be courageous. So God is trying to get you to be stronger and to get you more courage to seize the opportunity and the will of God for your life. So fear is from below. Fear is from the wicked one. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Not fear of finance. Not fear of future. Not fear of failure. God, is not, God doesn't get, he's not the author of fear. He's the author of faith. So God is not giving me a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and love and sound mind oh I'm gonna yell again because I'm gonna get really excited about this one just a heads up oh I'll give it a second sound mind in the Greek if you go study this word is literally God has given you sound mind the word there in the Greek means disciplined thinking <laughs> That's good. So, in other words, my mind's rattling, my mind's my mindset's not healthy, my, my, I'm thinking bad thoughts. Nope. God gave me the ability to think right. God gave me discipline. I'm not going to think evil thoughts. I'm not going to think in revenge. I'm not going to think in lust. I'm not going to think in greed. God gave me sound mind. For God did not give me a spirit of fear. Well, then what did... Stop telling me what God didn't give you. What did he give you? God gave me the spirit of power. Power to what? Power to overcome. Pa power to get past my past. Power to love people. Oh, wait. God gave me a spirit of power and love. So that, that doesn't mean we go around, we're like, yeah, the enemy, man. Just, you know, 
people that are against church and against God. No, he gave, the Bible says, love your enemies. How could you love your enemy? I don't know, he gave me the spirit of love, so I just love people. God did not call you to hate people. He called you to love people. The, 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 great, the greatest example I give you is when Peter chops off the guy's ear. This spiritual force is coming to get you, Jesus. We're going to chop off his ear. He's the enemy. No, he's not. This is not the enemy. This guy is not the enemy. People are not the enemy. Humans are not the enemy. He picks up the ear and puts it back on. Oh, my gosh. He gave me the spirit of love. And he gave me sound mind to think right, to think well. God is trying to elevate your thinking. God is trying to get you to think better. If you think better, you'll live better. If you think well, you'll live well. It's all about your mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. Oh, let me just show you one more verse. Worship team, come join me. I love this. First Thessalonians 5.18. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and of love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, I want to encourage you this week, if you put on God's thoughts, and you put on God's promises, and in the Old Testament, they literally, think about this for fashion. We need to fashion. We need to do this for Zoe merch. They called them frontlets. And they would make them put on over their mind God's truths and commandments. Because they knew how important, so they put the word of God over their mind. In other words, to say, we are going to make our minds think about how good God is. I wonder what your week would look like if you just elevated your thinking. You change your thinking. You change your life. You put on the helmet of salvation. You go, I'm blessed. I am loved. I am called. I am anointed. Some people say, well, that is positive thinking. That's the Bible. Well, you're just into self-help prosperity. I'm into God help. Who wants me to prosper? So I got to put on God's thoughts. What God says. His truth. His love. The enemy's trying to lie to you. You're no good. You're the worst. I'm going to expose you. You're terrible. You can't overcome. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He only breeds fear. But when I get God's thoughts, I've got, I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got love. All of a sudden, I get my confidence back, and I'm fit for the fight. Oh, I love Isaiah. It's our last verse today. Look at this verse. Stand to your feet, uh, uh, Zoe. Look, look at this. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want to encourage you this week as the devil tries to get your mind on other things and get your mind fixated on your situation and your problem and how bad you are. Why don't you keep your mind on God? He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I'm thinking on God. I'm thinking on Jesus. I'm not thinking about the evil one and the ruler of darkness and principalities. They're not even on my radar. I'm, my mind is fixed on God. I'm thinking about the cross. I'm thinking about the love of Jesus. I'm thinking about the blood that sets me free. Free. I'm thinking about the, come on, the grave that is defeated. I'm thinking about the one that chose me. I'm thinking about the Holy Spirit. Come on, Zoe, get some faith. I'm thinking about the one that called me by name. I'm thinking about my shepherd. I'm thinking about the Alpha and the Omega. I promise you this, you start thinking on God, 
and you'll live a life filled with peace. You keep on going into battle without armor? Oh, that's just a recipe for disaster. Because then you'll start letting a punk bully that's already been defeated start doing things that he has no business doing in your life. The battle is real, but my God is bigger. Amen to that.